This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 33. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 23. Sunny on Wednesday with a high near 41. A storm barreling through the northeastern U.S. has flooded roads and downed trees, knocked out power to hundreds of thousands, forced flight cancellations and school closures, and killed at least four people. The National Weather Service says more than five inches of rain had fallen in parts of New Jersey and Pennsylvania as of mid-Monday morning. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of power outages reported from Virginia to Maine when gusts of nearly 70 miles per hour were recorded in southeastern New England. The Weather Service issued flood warnings for all of New York State and swaths of Pennsylvania and New England. Officials said the rain had tapered off Monday night, but flooding threats remain in some areas. The tradition of the Bandera family Christmas dinners is continuing this year in Broome and Shenango counties. Every year, thousands of people receive free meals on Christmas Day in Binghamton, Endicott, and other locations. Organizer Bill Bandera said his parents started what became a tradition in 1989. He said Bill and Carolyn Bandera wanted to do something to give back to the community. Speaking on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program on Monday... Bandera said they decided to offer a free Christmas dinner for area residents. Several dozen meals were served that year at the American Legion Post 80 on Main Street in Binghamton. The mission has continued for more than three decades. Bandera took charge of the event after his father's death in 2010. This year in Broome County, the free dinners will once again be available at the American Legion on Binghamton's west side and at the St. Ambrose School Building on Garfield Avenue in Endicott. People can arrange for meal delivery by calling 211, the helpline operated by the United Way of Broome County. New York Senator Chuck Schumer has concluded his annual tour of all 62 counties in New York State, marking the Democrats' 25th year completing the tradition. The New York Senator wrapped up his tour on Monday in Hudson, a city located in the upper Hudson Valley. This year's tour marks the third year he has completed the tour as the Democratic leader of the Senate. Schumer told the Associated Press, quote, So many of the ideas that I have gotten and turned into major pieces of legislation come from visiting the counties. Schumer said he plans to continue the tradition next year. Authorities say one person was found dead after an early morning explosion and fire at a hotel in the heart of Pennsylvania's Amish-related tourism area. State police in Lancaster County said the blast was reported shortly after 2.30 a.m. Monday at the Bird and Hand Family Inn in the Lancaster County community of Bird and Hand. Trooper James Grothy said first responders reported heavy fire and smoke. He said one person was found dead and a preliminary investigation indicates that this appeared to be a propane explosion. The name of the person killed wasn't immediately released. The owner told news that no guests were present since the inn was closed for the week. Former President Donald Trump has lost his latest bid to end the business fraud lawsuit he faces in New York 
as he campaigns to reclaim the White House. Judge Arthur Engeron issued a written ruling Monday denying the Republicans' latest request for a verdict in his favor in a lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. The trial is centered on allegations Trump and other company officials exaggerated his wealth and inflated the value of his assets to secure loans and business deals. Haven't ordered any of your holiday gifts yet? Well, you might find solace in discovering some of America's biggest retailers are working to increase their shipping speeds to please shoppers expecting faster and faster deliveries. Walmart, Target, and Amazon are all in on the shipping wars. A move retail experts say will help them maintain a competitive edge against low-cost Chinese retailers. For Walmart and Target, their investments are also aimed at narrowing the gap in delivery speed with Amazon, which has set the standard for fast shipping and remains the king of speed. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We're still saving the Southern Tier money at Galt Toyota. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Tuesday, December 19th, 2023. Welcome to my world. 607-772-1290. That's how the game works. Those who wish to participate will call that secret number. Again, the secret number is 607-772-1290. always the secrecy is impressive good morning hey top of the morning at you hopefully your water situation is okay high water still reported in some areas of the twin tiers but uh, no major damage has been reported in the binghamton districts Looking ahead for the next few days, the weather should not be a big issue for most of us. And that's good news as we prepare to do whatever it is we must do over the next several days. So if you have certain things you must do, please do them. But as you do them, stay connected with WNBF using the free WNBF app. And, of course, WNBF.com, also available at no charge to you, the home viewer. We are streaming live at WNBF.com. So, enjoy. Enjoy. WNBF. And some of our stories, too. Of course, we were very pleased to speak with Bill Bandera on the Monday edition of Binghamton Now, and we put some important information 
about the Bandera family Christmas dinners in Broome and Shenango counties. That's on WNBF.com. So if by chance you missed the interview and it was done live, you can go to WNBF.com. We even have uh, the full interview, our conversation with Bill Bandera posted at the bottom of the story. Listen. This is how easy it is. Even it's so simple, even I can do it. Going to WNBF.com and say, hypothetically, if I had somehow missed the interview I conducted uh, Monday morning, about 23 hours ago, I'd be able to push this button and hear what I missed. Tell our listeners a little bit of background every year when you come on to talk about the Christmas dinners. We ask you first. Uh, I took over as, um, you know. All right. So anyway, that gives you it's called POP, proof of performance. It shows that it actually works. <laughs> of course it actually works. So WNBF.com. Also, a story that um, I believe you'll see elsewhere. Uh, a first look, a first look in a place that is... Targeting a certain demographic, those who like donuts or those who like beer. Some people like only donuts, but other people may like only beer. But there's an establishment now in Tioga County that is aiming for both. Or... For certain people who like beer and donuts, I suppose I suppose they would <laughs> sell you a beer and a donut. Uh, we did inspect the operation uh, last weekend when they had a soft opening session for the Owego Donut and Beer Company. So if you wanted to get a sneak preview to see what What's going on there? We have uh, some pictures and the story. So it's an unusual business concept for around here. Plus, another concept that has yet to be tried around here. A few other spots in New York State that have it, but this uh, business in the village of Owego is the first in the Binghamton area. To have a system, it's a self-pour system. So if you want something to drink, you can serve yourself. And I tested it, and it's actually alarmingly simple. When I first heard about it, I thought, oh, no. Because I'm one of those people who gets befuddled at the uh, the self-checkout at certain supermarkets. Ooh, this is too confusing. But turns out there's not really much of a learning curve. So if you want to see that story on our website. I have a few other stories uh, in the journalistic pipeline this week, too, with new or expanding businesses around here. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, stay tuned to WNBF and WNBF.com. Let's take uh, a call. 916 Tuesday morning and let us 
go to the phone. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Who's this? That's too much personal information. I, I, I don't give information. <laughs> this is the American. This is the American Community Survey. You must answer. Oh, uh, you're you're with Medicare. Okay, here's my number. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, John. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Yes, viewer. How would I know your name? Because if I say John from Binghamton's West Side, and I know where you live, and I know your dog's name, people would say, "Wow, that's creepy." Anyway, what's on your mind this morning, John? You know, for about, geez, it seems like 20 years, but at least 10, I've been uh, going on about this uh, fake position in the city of Binghamton, <clears throat> the deputy mayor position that doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, people like Rich David, Derek Abdelazim, Jared Cram, they all ran uh, for office saying that they were deputy mayor and no such title exists in the city charter. And uh, so, too, Megan, uh, what was it, Heilman? Uh, she's been using this title uh, falsely for uh, the last two years. So y yesterday at council, uh, they are going to amend the city charter to admit uh, to uh, change the title of what this job always was, which is executive assistant, uh, to deputy mayor. Uh, it's sort of a cut-and-paste job. Uh, even uh, uh, Megan didn't know uh, uh, how many times uh, – the deputy mayor's position was referred to in official city documents. She says they just sort of tried to to get get it all through, but they're still not defining what a deputy mayor is. And of course, a deputy mayor has no authority within the bounds of the charter. But anyway, they have admitted uh, that they conducted a fraud on the public. So what's the difference between George Santos, except the the, the degree and amount? Of between George Santos's lies and somebody that runs for mayor, claiming the, a non-existent position as deputy mayor qualifies them to to be elected mayor. I, I don't know uh, what is, but they're they're closing the uh, barn door. Well, it's about time. I don't yeah. I don't know who who started it. I haven't done research into um, the first reference in the city of Binghamton to to deputy mayor. Who was first? From my recollection, it was Elaine Miller. Yeah, uh, and, and when so that goes back to Bucci, Bucci. the Richard yeah. Bucci administration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, you know, I've always been mystified by by this, and I have to say, in terms of, I think overall the way the city runs, I don't know that it makes a lot of difference, but just because there's been no consistency, and and this indeed dates back for decades where sometimes the person he or she will refer to himself as deputy mayor and and also typically his or her boss will do that as well but again uh on city documents i mean even as late as yesterday's city council work session if you go through the paperwork you see how the the title has been used interchangeably and so on some of the things for proposed legislation you would see executive assistant to the mayor and other things would say deputy mayor even as late as less than 24 hours ago um and i i've never understood why this hadn't been fixed before december 2023 especially since 
you at least have brought it up. I don't know if anybody else has, has really talked about it, but since well, it's been the subject of discussion, I would say for several years on occasion, I'm surprised they waited till uh, about 10 days before the end of the year to get it fixed. Well, it implies, the, the title of the position implies that when the mayor is not around, out of state or out of the city that the deputy mayor is in charge. It, it, it implies a, a sort of a vice presidential succession type thing, and it's and it's not that. You had Jack Cale call uh, Jack Cahill call and and spoke about this when he was on city council, the president of city council. When the mayor would go out of state, he out of town, he would be sworn in as acting mayor until the mayor. Return. That's the way it's supposed to be under the law, under the charter. But see, like so many things, Bob, here's what's happening. Uh, they just do what others did. They don't go back and say, wait a minute, are we in error? Uh, one last tidbit. Uh, the city is facing millions and millions of dollars worth of legal uh, uh, legal action, and they did go into executive session on at least one, perhaps two of the matters that are pending. Uh, these are potentially uh, settlements or lawsuits that are in the telephone number, complete with area code, <laughs> amount of digits. Well, that wouldn't be good. Well, especially since the city does not have adequate reserves in its self-insurance fund. And uh, when settlements are reached of that nature, now let me give you another tradition that has been violated. In the 60s and the 70s, council approved all settlements. I mean, somebody slips and falls on the sidewalk or wherever in a government building, council would approve a $800 or $1,000 settlement. That's in the books in the 60s and the 70s. Somewhere along the line, uh, council didn't live up to its duties to approve uh, lawsuit settlements. They just left it off. Well, maybe that'll change, though. Maybe with the new council, maybe council members will want to have the power to review and then approve any settlement, say any settlement above a nominal amount, any settlement under $50, council would not probably want to approve, but any any settlement well, $51 or above, council might want to review it and then discuss and debate and then approve it before saddling city taxpayers with that kind of cost. Let me give you what I would do on city council. They're going to be busy and they're going to be thinking about what they can do affirmatively. The bigger challenge and the easiest challenge is to get laws off the books. The first thing this council should do on the first meeting is introduce legislation to get rid of the garbage bags and eliminate this crazy, zen-like uh, 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 alternate side parking when there's no snow in the forecast for like 30, 40 days. You know, you're, you've got to comply with, with this ridiculous dictate. So those are two things that they could do immediately, and they should do it. All right. We'll see what they do. I think it's going to be interesting starting in less than two weeks. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. This is Bob Joseph. This is my world. I uh, live in a. They call it a radio studio. Others would say it looks more like a glorified prison cell, but it is pleasant, climate controlled on many days, and well lighted on most days as well. Safe and secure. 
<laughs> my radio studio with a microphone and a telephone. Just waiting for your call. We call the program Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the WNBF app. This is... Zero seven 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 two twelve ninety at WNBF nine twenty nine serving America with uh, all the appropriate tools. We have all the basics here for you as we continue to consider what's actually happened during the year twenty twenty three. What was the highlight for you, or conversely, what was the low point as you look back? On the year that was. Now the forecast from the National Weather Service. Definitely nicer today than it was 24 or 48 hours ago. Mostly cloudy today. A chance of snow showers this morning. High 33. Partly cloudy tonight. Low 23. Sunny tomorrow. High 41. Mostly sunny Thursday. High 36. Right now it's 29. In downtown Binghamton, minus 2 Celsius. Air quality is good. AQI, air quality index is 33. They say it's good. And I can confirm the air is just delightful. You're in Parlor City. Parlor City. Let's see. New York Post. This is always a risk. I haven't checked the New York Post today, so, hmm, School of Hard Knocks, this is the New York Post website, the top story is not from the New York Post, or not from New York City Metro, it's from Parkland, Florida, five teens charged in beating at site of one of America's worst school shootings, Five teenagers have now been charged in the savage gang beating of a student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland after one more suspect surrendered. So that is the top story at the moment on the New York Post website. Five teenagers charged in the vicious mob beating of a student. At the high school, which was the site of one of the nation's worst school shootings. And the attack happened a week ago, on December 12th. 
person who was attacked sustained a skull fracture and other injuries. So, a violence continues to dominate the headlines in the USA today. There's another just news roulette. Let's take a look at the Daily News website. Top story for the Daily News, they're actually focusing, of all things, on on their uh, local area. NYC correction officer details terrifying attack by Rikers detainee. The correction officer, Kristen Lonberg, said she will never forget the expression on the face of a Rikers Island detainee. She said attacked her Saturday, bit her left wrist and spit on her as she was trapped between two cell security doors. So credit the Daily News with at least doing some local news is their top story. Of course, New York Times punched them up because they're not going to do a local story. A story about, oh, a public opinion poll. Hmm. We can slide over that. Because the, the first two stories, the first two entries on the New York Post, or three entries actually, deal with public opinion polls. So that's that's what the New York Times is working on. What about Washington Post? Do they have any original reporting besides public opinion polls? Washington Post. Underground zombie... Oh, underground zombie streams threaten to turn D.C. back into a real-life swamp. Oh, this is exciting. (laughs) Washington is awash in water. It was built on fill, and its natural waterways long buried are coming back to life. So, well, that's, that's an intriguing story. Wild if true. Underground zombie streams. Zombie streams. I think they were a group back in the 60s. And... Oh, here's a story. Speaking of local news, and I enjoyed this story. Ricardo Monaco, in the Press and Sun Bulletin, appears on the front page of the print edition today. Binghamton, New York paper, printed in Rockaway, New Jersey. Uh, student brewed beer will be on tap at SUNY Broom. Those attending events at SUNY Broom's Culinary and Event Center in downtown Binghamton will now have the chance to order beer made by students of the university. This story by Ricardo Monaco says new legislation will allow the school to sell and serve craft beverages created by students. The school's farm brewery license also requires at least 60% of all ingredients involved in production be grown or produced in New York until the end of 2027. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting story. First, I guess the question is, would you drink student-brewed beer? Would you drink... And this is a question only for the beer lovers out there. If you don't like beer, ignore the question because, of course, you wouldn't drink student-brewed beer if you don't like beer. But if you like beer, and I know there are some people listening to the program now who 
claim to like beer. If you like beer, would you drink beer brewed by SUNY Broom students? can imagine what's going to be happening now <laughs> at the dorm. Hey, Mr. Belushi, come here. 936, Bob Joseph live on WNBF. This is Binghamton Now for your Tuesday morning. Called out to the towns. We were called out to the town. You mean the towns of Shenango and Bustle, those towns? How the heavens they opened up. <laughs> it's 940 WNBF. Well, obviously, if there were problems, people would be calling in from those towns, but we hear nothing, so we can only surmise that everything is A OK. As they say, the situation is normal. Swell. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sometimes I take a look at this program and I'm proud that it doesn't operate the way some towns operate around here. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Hey, it's your town. You can You can operate as you wish. It's your town. It's your money. It's your reputation. Think about it, though. If people say if I was a business, for example, if I was, oh, Turk Filet, this is a hypothetical, a business that specializes in turkey sandwiches, but we're only open one day a week. We just serve turkey sandwiches on Sunday only, Turk Filet, and we're thinking of locating and we have choices. We have five location choices in Broome County. One choice is in the town of Shenango. One choice is in the town of Vastel. One is in the town of Union. One's in the city of Binghamton. And the other is um, Whitney Point. You're going to open the region's first Turk filet. With those highly sought turkey sandwiches available for 24 hours only on Sundays, midnight to midnight. You're going to open up a location. You know, you know it's going to be good for the economy of whatever community you choose. Because people will be coming probably for um, a 300-mile radius to get their Sunday turkey sandwich fix with all the fixins. And, of course, gravy and, of course, stovetop stuffings. So you're trying to figure out, should I locate my Turk filet sandwich in town of Shenango, town of Vessel, or one of those other fine locations? Well, first thing I would do was uh, do a, an online search of news accounts to see how things are going in those towns. Because 
right away, you could probably eliminate at least two locations if it seems that the people running the town don't have the full support of the population. 943 WNBF, let's take a call, shall we? Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Airport Road Bob, town of Maine. All right. Well, maybe they'll locate a Turk fillet near your house. Maybe maybe on East Main Road. That'd be a great place for a Turk fillet restaurant serving delicious turkey sandwiches for 24 hours every Sunday. Well, I'm just here today to a public message. Um, town of Maine meeting is tonight. Hoping um, people hear the radio uh, will show up. Um, be a little interesting tonight. Some things going to be happening at the town of Maine. Um, I will be also at the Town of Union tomorrow night for their meeting. And um, considering the IDA public meeting also, I'm going to present everything this week, Bob, and see what happens. Maybe we'll get a Christmas present. I'm pretty sure the Town of Maine is going to say no to this project, and we'll see what the IDA does from there. Are they going to vote tonight? No vote, but um, I'm going to present them with uh, some paperwork that hopefully they'll at least make a public statement tonight um, where they stand on this project. I mean, there's been no paperwork. Um, Nothing's been done procedurally right for the last three years of this project. Um, So many people don't even know about this project because of the... um, News agencies or the newspaper not carrying anything. I do appreciate Fox 40. Um, the people there have listened to the story. They've shown up to the town of Maine a couple of times now. Um, I'm hoping they show up again tonight. Um, this is, um, this is going nowhere in the town of Maine. So hoping the IDA can reconsiders their, their options and that, um, they look at it from a point of view that yes, we've already spent maybe a quarter of a million dollars on this three-year um, fairy tale and walk away from spending the money to buy the property. Um, hey, believe it or not, I don't even know the man. Mr. Delapena called me and talked to me. Um, if his story is what it is, um, he's not looking to sell his property either. Well, I mean, then why doesn't mean. he call this program if if he's unhappy? Why is he keeping it a secret? Well, he's not keeping it a secret. He's just stayed right out of it. He has no. Well, I mean, if he's unhappy, this is a public story. If he doesn't want to sell his property for the amount of money that they're offering him, why why wouldn't he go public and say, "Look, I for whatever reason, and I, I don't know that I've ever spoken with him, so you know he." He can certainly call me off the air sometime or send me an email if if he wants to provide more background, bob at wnbf.com. But my point is, if he truly is unhappy, why wouldn't he go on this program and say, look, I'm unhappy for whatever reasons, and this is my position in case anybody cares, and then then people would be able to say, oh, okay, so they're they're planning the IDA is proposing to acquire his property for a certain amount of money, and and he doesn't think it's fair. It seems to me, if it was my situation and I felt for some reason compelled to sell, 
property I own for a price that I don't think is fair, I think I would call the local talk show. Well, Bob, I, as I tell you all the time, you do a great job. You are a, a blessing to this area. People don't realize that um, they have an opportunity to speak up and say what's going on, and you're the only option available. I mean, you're, you, you're great. The day they take you off the radio, Bob, is the day uh, we load up the travel trailer and we hit the United States on the run. Yep, lots um, of people. The day, the day the word circulates that I'm no longer allowed to broadcast from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday on this station, that'll be a day that uh, will live in uh, radio history because people will suddenly be calling the U-Haul locations for uh, renting trucks, running the biggest trucks they can or and or trailers so they can make a beeline to other places like, oh, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, heck, even Alabama, because, uh, yes, that'll be, in my personal view, in my humble opinion, that will be a tremendous loss to the community if this program ever ceases to operate. I agree. And I'll give you a call tomorrow and let you know what goes on at the town of Maine meeting to uh, pass on the uh, public information. To All right. Me. And do they, it's the town of Maine, so do they stream this on the town of Maine website? Is that available if I happen to have a few minutes while the meeting's underway? Will I be able to uh, watch the meeting as it uh, is carried online? I wish you could. And I'm one of those people who um, actually heard the the gentleman that was on your show last week, what was it, Open Government? Uh, yeah, York. yeah, the open committee, government. New York Committee for Open Government. I, for some reason, I I liked that guy. He was he was talking. It was it was almost almost everything he said. I tended to agree with, and I I would think that uh, yeah, his name was Paul Wolf. Yeah, you know, Monday of last week, I thought I thought he uh, he made a lot of sense. I was hoping. When I uh, scheduled him on the program to talk about open government in New York State, I was hoping not only that our usual viewers would catch his conversation, but some people in local governments who seem to think it's just too difficult to stream their meetings and then archive the meetings on YouTube uh, and also quickly post the meeting minutes instead of waiting for weeks or months or never to post their meeting minutes, I thought maybe the conversation would would provide them with some food for thought. Well, like I said, he uh, he did a great presentation. I did try to contact him. I left my message and email, my number and email, I should say. Um, I tried to call the website, and it says that the offices are closed. I don't know what that means. but Well, it might, um, it might mean I, just that. It might mean their offices just aren't physically open, so it might mean everybody associated. I, I get the impression it's not like a big organization with a multi-million dollar budget. I think it's a lot of people who have an interest in open government, but I don't, I don't sense that they have a lot of money to spend on offices. But I would say if the way I contacted Paul Wolf was leaving a message in the message section of the website, and he did get back to me quite quickly, so... All right. Well, and, I, and I don't think I don't recall his background, but I don't believe this is his full time 
40-hour-a-week job. I, I believe he has other things to do besides um, push for more open government in New York. I think, I, I suspect he and virtually everybody else associated with with the organization is uh, is busy doing other things during the week, so you know, perhaps they do their best to get get in touch with people. But I'm, you know, I'm sure they they can't necessarily do it as fast as they'd like. And if you haven't heard back from them, send them a, another note. And at some point, he'll probably I don't know if he'll call you, but maybe he'll at least email you and ask ask about your situation because strikes me just based on our conversation on the program last week that he would be interested in in your views well enjoy your day and your program and uh, i hope you have another great day like uh, you started the week with so I'll yeah. let you know bob i'll keep you updated thank you so much that's the story from the town of maine making contemporary news it's 951 at news radio wnbf this is the station that actually permits its hosts to go on the air every day no script no teleprompter no talking point all they do and they don't even say this officially they just know implicitly because of the track record over the past 12 and a half years they just know they're going to get the best radio program possible every time I show up and they're also pleased because I have exhibited a tremendous work ethic, even when so many people have decided, uh, well, you know, I like being on the radio, and I'm not saying anything about Dan, or I'm not saying anything about Sean, or anything about Mark, or anything about the Red Eye Boys. I'm not saying anything about them, or Tucker, or Bill O. I'm just saying so many people who like being on the radio and doing talk shows, they find it in 2023 so distasteful to actually get out of their house and go to the radio studio to do the show in a professional setting. It's more like, yeah, why don't you build me a home studio so I can do my program sitting around in my radio pajamas and drinking coffee. Yeah, that doesn't show a lot of initiative. At least I get out of the house and, you know, go out and talk with people, take pictures, video, ask a few questions, then come in the station and do it in a real radio studio to give it that real radio flavor on WNBF.
better? Listen to the voice of reason. I'm Bob Joseph, your voice of reason. 9.58. Oh, here's something from the Times of New York. A study examined the brains of 152 contact sport athletes who died before turning 30. More than 40% of them had chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE, the degenerative brain disease associated with repeated hits to the head. New York Times football's young victims. A new study suggests that a disease many believed was reserved for professional athletes is also afflicting young amateurs. The story from the Times points to a study from researchers at Boston University. They examined the brains of 152 152 contact sport athletes who died before they turned 30. And a guy who works for the New York Times, John Branch, a domestic correspondent for the New York Times, spoke to the families of five of the athletes who died when they were young. Well, there's a disturbing story. They also have a photo of uh, mom and dad who are holding a picture of their son Hunter who played at Dartmouth College before quitting over concerns about concussions. So there you go. Protect your head. And most importantly, protect the heads of young people. You know, because their brains are still developing. Your brain may be fully developed. But theirs probably isn't. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Bob Joseph at News Radio WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 33. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 23. Sunny on Wednesday with a high near 41. A storm barreling through the northeastern U.S. has flooded roads and downed trees, knocked out power to hundreds of thousands, forced flight cancellations and school closures, and killed at least four people. The National Weather Service says more than five inches of rain had fallen in parts of New Jersey and Pennsylvania as of mid-Monday morning. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of power outages reported from Virginia to Maine. When gusts of nearly 70 miles per hour were recorded in southeastern New England, the Weather Service issued flood warnings for all of New York State and swaths of Pennsylvania and New England. Officials said the rain had tapered off Monday night, but flooding threats remain in some areas. The tradition of the Bandera family Christmas dinners is continuing this year in Broome and Shenango counties. Every year, thousands of people receive free meals on Christmas Day in Binghamton, Endicott, and other locations. Organizer Bill Banderas said his parents started what became a tradition in 1989. He said Bill and Carolyn Bandera wanted to do something to give back to the community. Speaking on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program on Monday, Banderas said they decided to offer a free Christmas dinner for area residents. Several dozen meals were served that year at the American Legion Post 80 on Main Street in Binghamton. The mission has continued for more than three decades. Bandera took charge of the event after his father's death in 2010. 
This year in Broome County, the free dinners will once again be available at the American Legion on Binghamton's west side and at the St. Ambrose School Building on Garfield Avenue in Endicott. People can arrange for meal delivery by calling 211, the helpline operated by the United Way of Broome County. New York Senator Chuck Schumer has concluded his annual tour of all 62 counties in New York State, marking the Democrats' 25th year completing the tradition. The New York Senator wrapped up his tour on Monday in Hudson, a city located in the upper Hudson Valley. This year's tour marks the third year he has completed the tour as the Democratic leader of the Senate. Schumer told the Associated Press, quote, So many of the ideas that I have gotten and turned into major pieces of legislation come from visiting the counties. Schumer said he plans to continue the tradition next year. Authorities say one person was found dead after an early morning explosion and fire at a hotel in the heart of Pennsylvania's Amish-related tourism area. State police in Lancaster County said the blast was reported shortly after 2.30 a.m. Monday at the Burden Hand Family Inn in the Lancaster County community of Burden Hand. Trooper James Grothy said first responders reported heavy fire and smoke. He said one person was found dead and a preliminary investigation indicates that this appeared to be a propane explosion. The name of the person killed wasn't immediately released. The owner told news uh, that no guests were present since the inn was closed for the week. Former President Donald Trump has lost his latest bid to end the business fraud lawsuit he faces in New York as he campaigns to reclaim the White House. Judge Arthur Engeron issued a written ruling Monday denying the Republicans' latest request for a verdict in his favor in a lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. The trial is centered on allegations Trump and other company officials exaggerated his wealth and inflated the value of his assets to secure loans and business deals. Haven't ordered any of your holiday gifts yet? Well, you might find solace in discovering some of America's biggest retailers are working to increase their shipping speeds to please shoppers expecting faster and faster deliveries. Walmart, Target, and Amazon are all in on the shipping wars. A move retail experts say will help them maintain a competitive edge against low-cost Chinese retailers. For Walmart and Target, their investments are also aimed at narrowing the gap in delivery speed with Amazon, which has set the standard for fast shipping and remains the king of speed. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Another big hour of Binghamton now ahead. And your calls are welcome. What topics will you introduce to our radio fun fest this morning? Call in now, 607-772-1290 to talk on WNBM. Time to beat around. Let you hit back. 
Beep around 10 minutes past the hour at WNBF. And just been looking back on some of the interesting things that have happened over the past year. I guess it's natural, say around December 19th, to review <laughs> the last 12 months or the last 11 and a half months and try to... Um, Ask some, ask some important questions. Things like, so what, what have we really learned? Have we really learned anything from the past year aside from the fact that George Santos was not necessarily the best pick to represent a congressional district from Long Island? Was, was that the only thing we learned? Uh, what else? I mean, obviously, we learned he wasn't the best choice. Not to say he's a bad guy. I'm sure to his family and friends, they regard him as uh, a really top-notch guy. But having said that, you still <laughs> still have to say he, uh, I guess, the euphemism that could be applied to George Santos is maybe maybe he made some bad choices. He made some bad choices, they could say. <laughs> or maybe he just told too many lies. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing that uh, is painfully obvious is uh, George Santos, based on his media blitz, he's he's not going to go away anytime soon. So that's that's something to um, consider. Let's see. Just uh, looking back over the archives. Actually, let's let's go back in the archives to exactly a year ago. Let's see what story, if anything, I was covering a year ago. A year ago, where was I? Okay, I was at some place in Vestal, which is still an ongoing story. Uh, a year ago today, it was a cold gray day on Binghamton South Side when I was outside the Crowley Milk Factory at 145 Conklin Avenue taking pictures of the Crowley Milk Company smokestack and peering inside at the unused milk processing equipment what was left of it. So that's where I was a year ago today. Uh, of course, over the past year, we have learned more about the plans for that facility, the Crowley Lofts. So if you want to live in a former milk processing plant, you probably will have that opportunity, I would guess, within the next year and a half that project goes forward. So that's where I was a year ago today. Let's see. That's what I like about my Wayback Machine. Ooh, also a year ago today. Huh. Huh. Okay, there was a big announcement about a building that's being sold here in downtown Binghamton. Need to check into that, see how that's going. And, oh, also a year ago, 
they were talking about the big apartment projects on Clinton Street, which apparently is going to go forward, but it's going to take some time. So just uh, looking back, looking back in time, looking back over the last 12 months. It's 1014 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning, Bob. Uh, Dave from Vestal. Uh, looking back, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what's what's the most important thing that you learned this year? <clears throat> the most important thing? <laughs> Do you really want to know, Bob? You gonna ask me that question? <laughs> the the most important thing that I've learned that is if we reelect Biden. We might as well just all move to, oh, wherever. Take your choice, Australia, wherever you want to go. Country why would you move done. out of Vestal? Why, Dave, why would you move out of Vestal? <laughs> I just said, another four years of Biden, <laughs> the country's done, Bob. Find a better place to go. That's what I've learned. You asked me. Okay. The country's done. Okay. Wow. Oh, ye of little faith. French. <laughs> French. Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, the, the Republic has managed to withstand uh, lots of people, lots of uh, leaders, presidents of varying skills and, and varying quality. And yet you, Dave from Vestal, <laughs> seem to think that... The country would go to go to hack if uh, if this guy gets reelected, and and you would you would give it all up. You would move to Australia. You would move your your domicile. You would get the heck out of Vestal and go to Australia if he gets reelected. All right. If you're smart, yeah. You, well, you got to make a move before it goes totally to heck. Don't give him another four years. Don't wait until like the, the third year of it. Don't well, wait I, now this is, year, this is my know? concern. So, and I have no idea how the election will go in November. Heck, I have no idea who's going to be involved. I, I think I'm on record as saying it's probably not going to be Biden and Trump. I I personally believe at least one of them is not going to be participating and, and conceivably both of them will not be participating in in the presidential election next year. But be that as it may, say if it is the two guys, if it's a rematch of 2022, I, I personally believe in the strength of this republic that we could withstand either one of them for four years. So obviously, if you have a feeling Trump won't be there, it's got to be because you think jail can stop him because you know he's going to win the primary. And if he can't beat him, jail him. You actually think jail's going to stop him? It won't. I didn't say that. I, I didn't. Hey, you're inferring something. I didn't say anything like that. I'm not even going any further. I know some people on some radio shows are going further. I shall not. I'm just saying that I have a gut feeling that at least one of the so-called favorites is not going to be participating next year. And, and for all we know, for all we know, both of the so-called favorites could wind up being in jail 
on, on election day next year. Wouldn't that be a fine fix that the American public winds up having to choose from one person who's incarcerated on Front Street in the town of Dickinson and another one who's incarcerated off uh, Route 96 in uh, the town of Owego? <laughs> it would be great that they're the two of them, like peas in a pod, Actually, that's where they should send them. They should send them to Pod D up on Front Street. Maybe they could share a cell. That way taxpayers could could save the expense. They could live in a single cell and discuss matters of common interest. But well, name me some things that could stop Trump other than prison or death. I, I can't think of anything else. Can he you? could change his mind. There's nothing that says he can't change his mind. What if at some point Melanie just says, you know, Donnie, I w- I've been thinking. We've got a pretty pretty nice setup here at Laramagro. And so let's, uh, why don't we just uh, enjoy the next 20 years and, and relax. And we've, we've got a pretty good setup here. Plus, your worshipers will keep sending in money so we don't have to worry about cash. You got me on that one, Bob. I would have never thought that he would change his mind. So that you're right. There he could. A, he could. We can. Could, we can always change our mind. And by the way, so can Joe Biden. You know, and, and that's another thing. You you don't think Joe Biden can change his mind? I think he can. And I, I don't. I I think I think there's every reason to expect he might reconsider. You know, at some point, Doctor Joe Biden might say, Joey. Joey, we've got a pretty good deal here with your Corvette in the garage and some secret documents that they haven't found yet. So um, why don't you just decide that one term is sufficient? And then we could have your worshippers send you cash. Yeah, true. We can send our family overseas and collect more money. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll live high in the All right. Anyway, well, let's let's be clear. Let's be clear. If... If, and it's a big if at this point, but say Joe Biden winds up being elected to a second four-year term and you move to Australia, you'll still call us, right? Even if you're living in Sydney. Oh, definitely, Bob. Yeah, maybe you you and your new neighbors in Sydney, Australia, could uh, join us on the program, say, around January 25th, 2025, with a live rendition of "Timey Kangaroo Down." Well, <laughs> you know what, Bob? I don't. I don't really think that I would choose Australia because. They- well, you're the one who said Australia. I wouldn't choose Australia either, except I. I would like to try a kangaroo speedy. <laughs> well, I, I personally like to go somewhere where they love guns. I'm certainly not going to go to Australia and hand mine over. I know that. So. Um, you know, Bob, the main reason why I called, let's hit it real quick before you throw me off the air. Um, Friday I called and, and I brought up, uh, you call them gift cards. Matt Ryan called in after that and debunked that about the, the guy out in Arizona there. But then you had that caller yesterday. You seemed to poo-poo there that from Colorado verifying that indirectly the money for those, those cards are coming from our tax dollars, which I originally told you. So what do you care if it's directly or indirectly, if it's funneled through an organization? Well, that's what he said. He didn't have any proof. 
you know, anybody can come on this program and say anything, but it doesn't mean it's true. But if our tax dollars are handing over five grand to these people, do you agree with that? Do you do you like that idea? Yes, you do. Sure. Boy, boy, you're a very, very giving guy, Bob. And I don't, I don't understand why you would agree with that. These people are. You don't know who you're giving that money to. They're people who need our help. Huh? They're people who are in a lot worse shape than we are. And consider ourselves very, very fortunate. You in Vestal, before you moved to Australia, me here at my little jail-like radio cell, no windows, no way to even see what's going on in the outside world unless I punch up our spy cams. So we're very fortunate. Not everybody is as lucky as we are. I don't, are they going around under bridges, knocking on cardboard boxes, handing them Americans $5,000? Are they doing that? I don't know. I don't know. You know, there are a lot of things I don't know. But apparently the guy in Colorado does. I appreciate your call. It's 1023 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. This program is on the air for only three hours a day. And for that, I apologize. Uh, they only have carved out a three-hour segment in WNBF's broadcast day. So we always try to do the best we can with the limited time that we have. Listeners are welcome to call in if you have uh, facts that you think we should discuss. Call the fact line, the WNBF fact line, with your facts at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. There's an old Australian stockman lying, dying. And he gets himself up onto one elbow and he turns to his mates who are gathered round and he says, Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. They're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. That's what Dave is going to have to listen to every weekday morning from 9 to noon. On, uh, what's the station there? Double J in Australia, Sydney. Sydney now. He has to listen to this. This is their theme song. By the way, I was just advised that they have uh, those speedies up at the state fair. Thank you, Dave from Binghamton. It gives me a reason to go to the state fair next year. Be concerned, though, that the darn things, you know, you put them in the bread from Roma's over on Nanakoke Avenue, so you got your speedies, and then you're not holding on to it tightly enough, and then it jumps out of your hand, and then you're chasing it down the midway. I want my speedies. 
Stop hopping away. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Did you check to see if you could do them that way? Yeah. What'd you say? Of course. Of course you may. Of course you oh. may. Hi, what's going on there, Beverly? Uh, they closed the park yesterday. Otsuningo Park is now open. The Flash, apparently well, official. Now. I have reopened Otsuningo Park. So the masses are welcome to return to the park in the town of Dickinson off Bevere Street. Please, please enter the park now. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Uh, last night, uh, I knew it was closed because I, I was at the orthopedics doctor and um, and uh, we had the radio on in the car and stuff and they said that the park was closed. Well, I have reopened the park. I encourage everyone who wishes to celebrate to attend Otsuningo Park now. Well, it was kind of sad. It was kind of sad because we were all we were all ready to go, and then all of a sudden it was closed. Well, we should have kind of figured that it was closed because that park floods all the time. And that's why they what? put it there. They put it there. That so I'm there, but it is open. Okay, okay. So enjoy, and that's. That is the good news. Otsunango Park in the town of Dickinson is now officially open for your holiday celebrations. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. WNBF, this is Bob Joseph on a Tuesday morning. Space, the final frontier. Yeah, I just wrote that last night. That's as far as I've gotten, though. I think that's not bad, though. Space, the final frontier. So three words. See how I can do as I continue my writing adventure over the next couple of weeks. Joined now by Drew Desker from Copernic Observatory in Vestal. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are things at Copernic? Uh, things are good, actually. Uh, it's a little a little snowier than uh, down here in the valley, but uh, um, no, we're doing we're doing well and uh, looking forward to twenty twenty four. It's going to be a special year for us. Well, I think it's great that uh, Copernic has been part of our community now for half a century and i know you and many people are looking forward to some special events over the coming year to uh, acknowledge the 50 years that copernic has been able to educate children and adults on so many topics just for people who don't know how it all came to be back in the early 70s. Give us just uh, a brief 
explanation of the people who worked to make Copernic Observatory a reality 50 years ago. Sure, sure. So uh, 50 years ago, um, Mikhail Copernic, the uh, Polish astronomer who uh, ultimately uh, developed the what we call the heliocentric model of our solar system, um, would have been 500 years old in 1973. And uh, the Copernic Society of Broome County, a group of Polish immigrants, people of Polish heritage here in the area, wanted to commemorate uh, that and um, ended up uh, having uh, some conversations with uh, uh, Richard DeLuca, who was the uh, curator of the, um, uh, of the planetarium at Roberson at the time. And um, uh, ultimately decided to uh, build a, a, a an observatory, and so that's what happened. So uh, they uh, raised the money, uh, bought the land, and uh, ultimately uh, put up what was the beginning of the Copernic Observatory with a, a single classroom and two domes. It was then donated to Roberson, and um, they ran it for about uh, 30, 34 years. Uh, in the 1990s, like 20 years after. It was uh, originally built. Uh, Robeson uh, expanded it to what our current configuration is today. Uh, ultimately, in the uh, middle of the uh, 2000s, um, uh, Copernic Observatory returned to the Copernic Society of Broome County. Uh, Robeson wanted to sort of focus on their on their main business, uh, and um, so we have been uh, operating as a uh, informal STEM education center uh, run by the Copernic Society of Boone County since uh, 2007. And, um, but ultimately, uh, Copernic actually opened in uh, 1974, June of 1974. And so we're using that uh, uh, you know, 2024 as our 50th anniversary. And we are uh, in the process of planning uh, a number of just, you know, uh, extraordinary events. I even arranged for a, a solar eclipse to happen next year. So um, uh, we're going we're gonna to take advantage of that. <laughs> and, well, that'll uh, be good. By the way, although you, mm-hmm. you will mark the 50th anniversary officially in a few months, there actually were a few early events that did happen in the, the latter portion of 1973, about 50 years ago. There was a dedication ceremony that mm-hmm. was was held. Uh, in fact, as I look at a, a newspaper story, uh, an astronaut was the guest of honor for the dedication ceremonies of Copernic back in October 1973. So some of the preliminaries were actually getting underway in um, the, the latter portion of 1973 as, right. uh, as things were just being geared up for full operations at Copernic Observatory. Yeah, there was a... a, a uh, an extraordinary gala that was uh, held at the Fountains Pavilion, and the um, the, the main you know, keynote speaker was Commander Jim Lovell of Apollo 13. This was two years after the Apollo 13 mission happened, and so uh, um, uh, so Commander Lovell uh, was here in Binghamton, and uh, we have some pictures of him um, with our cornerstone and uh, and and some of the original uh, founders, and um, so. Uh, Whenever I do a tour uh, up at Copernic, I always uh, make sure to point that out. And um, and people of a certain age will <laughs> are particularly uh, uh, you know in, impressed by the fact that uh, that Jim Lovell was uh, was here in Binghamton and um, and helped us to uh, uh, you know kick off the uh, the effort to to make uh, Copernic a, a reality. 
And really, when you look back over the last half century, just how much people have been able to learn, and of course, a lot of children, but also adults who are just fascinated by not just our planet, but by the rest of our galaxy. I mean, being able to uh, look into space in a way that up until not that long ago really wasn't possible for the average person, it is remarkable that the Observatory and Science Center affords this opportunity to so many people in the Binghamton area. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's an extraordinary place, uh, and we are very fortunate to uh, uh, that those uh, original founders had the foresight of um, of, you know, of making Copernica reality. Um, as you as you mentioned, you know we we certainly do uh, have a lot of uh, school groups come up. In fact, we've got one coming up tomorrow. Um, and um, but we do, but we really ultimately are focused on on lifelong learning. We've got programs for kids as young as three years old, but we do uh, Friday night programs um, that uh, it's not always just about astronomy either. We've had uh, uh, people from the National Weather Service talk about you know um, uh, what's what's coming up and 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 how they do forecasting. We've had um, uh, uh, a professor talk about the science of music. Why does a, a violin, an oboe, and a trumpet all sound different playing the same note? So it's really an opportunity to just learn more about the world and, 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 and the universe in general. But uh, uh, at, at the end of our programs, uh, if it's clear or even partially clear, we invite people out to the domes. And um, even people who have grown up in this area will, will come up to Copernic and they look up in the sky and say, where did all these stars come from? Uh, and then, Or they'll look through a telescope and, and they'll see Saturn for the first time. And, and they really see the rings and they just, you know, uh, their jaws drop and like, oh, oh, I see it, I see it. So um, uh, it's it's a great it's a great place to um, to just learn, you know, again about the about the world around us. And um, again, we're not trying to turn everybody into an astronomer or an engineer or a scientist, but just uh, an informed um, an informed citizen. If you walk, uh, if you drive drive down Underwood Road uh, on your way out um, with a little more knowledge than you you did when you when you're above. Then we've done, we've done our job. And as you enter the the 50th year celebration, how can people in the community support the Copernic Observatory and Science Center? Well, you can go to our, our website. Um, we you know, right now we're in a, in a sort of our uh, year end fundraiser, but uh, we are about to uh, announce our a major uh, campaign that uh, will look at trying to. Uh, renew uh, and expand our current facility, but also expand our staff. Uh, it's clear that um, schools these days need uh, need a lot of help and support uh, in in rolling out this new New York State Science Learning Standard, which is part of the Next Gen Science uh, Science Standard. And so we are uh, beginning a major fundraising campaign to uh, uh, to bring on some additional staff, but also uh, update our facility. And, and the resources inside you know, to support that. Um, you know, but as far as activities go, um, we've got a couple of um, – uh, um, in February, we'll have a, our Winter Star Party, which is a uh, – we always celebrate Copernic's uh, uh, birthday. It's, it's always mid-February. But then uh, we'll start back up with our Friday night programs uh, in the beginning of March. In fact, uh, all of March, our Friday night program is going to be titled March to the Eclipse. And uh, we're going to be – 
having uh, various talks on what, is, uh, what the eclipse is going to be like for us here, how you safely look at it, uh, what can we learn from eclipses. Uh, we'll be doing um, also a, a major fundraising gala in October. Uh, and uh, we hope to bring in uh, uh, a number of um, uh, you know, dignitaries, but also, again, people maybe who, who uh, went to Copernic as a student or as an intern and now are in that sort of um, uh, in that in that uh, in that field of uh, you know, for the career and our uh, our keynote speaker for the gala will be a Nobel Prize winning uh, chemist uh, Professor Stan Whittingham of Binghamton University uh, who invented the uh, lithium ion battery so uh, we're really looking forward to uh, to having uh, Professor Whittingham uh, uh, talk a little bit about um, you know, his career path and and uh, and what he sees for the future. Drew Desker from Copernic Observatory and Science Center, thanks for joining us today and giving us a little bit of history and also an outlook to the celebration of the 50th year of Copernic on Underwood Road in Vestal. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, go to our website and you can learn more about Copernic and, and, and our plans. Thank you so much. It's 1044. We're live and local on your Tuesday morning. This is Binghamton Now, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. dangerous time. But we can still have fun, right? <laughs> uh, we do have our fun. Although it is a dangerous time, according to some. <laughs> Ooh, be scared. Ooh. Fox News, House of Ooh, 3D Scary. Woo, 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 woo. Are you scared yet? <laughs> I think the theory is the more they scare you, their their theory, they're operating under the premise, the more scared you are, the longer you're going to keep watching their scary channel. Ooh, 3D House of Scary News. Ooh, it's so scary. Ooh, are you threatened yet? No, not yet? Well, then stay tuned, because next hour, we have more things in our grab bag of things designed to scare you and your family. It's 10.50, WNBF, 10 minutes before the hour here at Tuesday. Uh, is it really Tuesday? My, how the week flies. 
Um, coming up later today on WNBF, we are certainly proud to present Dan Bongino from noon to 3, Sean Hannity from 3 to 6, and Mark Levin from 6 to 9. So be sure to tune in. And don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's all performance art. They're coming for you. They're coming for you. Uh, don't be scared, kids. The only thing to fear is fear itself. Let's see. Oh, let's see if anybody is sending us any contributions here on the email. Jesse from Owego writes, Doug Hurley should make a few appearances at Copernic. That would be very cool. Yes, Doug Hurley, speaking of cool, graduated from OFA, Owego Free Academy, and became an astronaut. He's also, to my knowledge, the only astronaut who ever lived in Appalachian, and, as far as I know, the only astronaut to have been born in Endicott. So I agree, Doug Hurley would be uh, a good guest. And I wouldn't be surprised that they might try to make that possible at Copernic. I believe I believe a couple months ago when I was speaking with Drew Desker, I believe they were discussing that possibility. Of course, if you remember, that was one of my favorite interviews this year. It was the interview with um, the local astronaut who did grow up right here so I I wouldn't be surprised he shows up at Copernic I think it would be great Doug Hurley and now that I think about I enjoyed that interview so much and the time went by so quickly I am almost inclined to replay that interview later this week the Doug Hurley interview I think we, I don't know if we did it about three months ago. So I uh, i may do that. I don't usually replay segments on the program, but that one was enjoyable. I enjoyed our, it was an in-depth conversation. Growing up, growing up in Appalachian and what it was like to be born in Endicott at a place called Ideal Hospital and then graduating from a Wego Free Academy. And how does somebody... Go from Endicott and Appalachian and Owego, and then winds up be- becoming one of the few people ever chosen to be an astronaut. So we may replay the interview at some point. I think we ought to. Stand 53, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob. Hi, it's Gary from the West Side. So I got a little heads up for Dave. You know, if he's looking for a place to move, do not move to Canada. I don't think he'd be happy there because all of the uh, Hillary voters uh, that were unhappy when Donald Trump won, they all moved to Canada. So you don't want him to be your neighbors. I, I think, think that would be the there. funniest the funniest thing. <laughs> if, he, if he moves to Smith's Falls next to the old Hershey Canada plant and finds out everybody else on his street loves Hillary. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, you know, he would he would just get settled in and the first call, it you know, it, 
Hi, this is Dave from Smith's Falls. Hi, Dave. Uh, how are things going in your new neighborhood? Well, the house is nice, and I, uh, I bought a Tesla from um, Tesla Canada, so that's nice. I have my EV, but you know what? I found out not only does everyone who lives on my street, they're, they're big supporters of Hillary Clinton, and even better... Big supporters of Bill Clinton. Not only that, and they love Barack Hussein Obama. Mm, mm, mm. But it turns out, not just on my street, but almost everybody in Smith's Falls is a liberal Democrat. They're very progressive. They, they, they remind me they're so progressive. Everybody in Smith's Falls reminds me of AOC, except 10 times more progressive. He'd be unhappy there. But, Bob, I did want to talk about the Catholic Church real quick. They're coming into the 21st century. Yeah, we. Uh, I ran that bulletin yesterday on the program just about, I think it was right before the 10 o'clock news with the flash apparently official from His Holiness. They bless uh, the gay community, and not in a marriage sense, but they still bless them. And not only that, like they had the Pope was having lunch and stuff with uh, transgendered people from Italy, or actually they were immigrants and stuff, but transgendered prostitutes and people were raising, oh, how could he do this and stuff? Well, I don't know. Wait, I, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. Francis yeah, had, had lunch with who? With, uh, well, a lot of different people, but some of them, they were uh, members of the LGBT, whatever, you know, that community, and oh, they were okay. transgendered prostitutes, which... You know, I mean, you talk about people down on their luck or whatever, you know, and this is the people that Jesus would hang out with, right? That's I mean, what we've know. that's what we've been told. Right, he would hang out. Uh, with mo- I think most of the teachings of of the church suggest those are exactly the the type of people that he'd be hanging out with. I and it, this is difficult territory. And I'm reluctant to say it, but I, I don't think you'd find him hanging out at Mar-a-Lago. That's true, too. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe or, for, or Wilmington, Delaware. But, but same. Yeah. Or for that matter, Binghamton, New York, except helping people who are homeless living under bridges. He would help them, but he probably wouldn't be hanging out you know, here at the radio station. But he probably would be helping people who are unhoused or people who need food or people who are down on their luck, he probably might occasionally be walking on Court Street helping people in need. Yeah, and it's the Christmas season. Let's keep that in mind, people. And let's just try to treat people like they want to be treated. There's a lot of unfortunate people out there. And, uh, you know, just a kind little act can make their day. Anyway, Bob, that's it. And have a great day. All right, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting, interesting uh, thing. And I mentioned that as it was breaking yesterday. I thought we were going to get some calls on it, but nobody, nobody called yesterday. Here's uh, according to the New York Times, and this story is on the front page of the New York Times. Same-sex pairs can be blessed. Francis affirms. The story out of Rome by Jason Horowitz says the Vatican said. Pope Francis had allowed priests to bless same-sex couples, the most definitive step yet 
to make the Roman Catholic Church more welcoming to LGBTQ Catholics and more reflective of his vision of a more pastoral and less rigid church. No reference to women as priests, at least not that I see, but... um, Well, it's a lengthy article. Maybe there's a reference to it. Uh, In the article, it jumps to A11... It says, LifeSite News, a conservative outlet based in North America, wrote that the document issued by Francis was issued, quote, in contradiction to the unchangeable Catholic teaching that the church cannot bless sinful relationships. But the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, which does have a large conservative contingent, accepted the new rule, noting that it marked a distinction between sacramental blessings like marriage and a pastoral blessing for people saying, quote, God's loving grace in their lives. And they have a, even a, a picture of Pope Francis at the Vatican. And the caption under the picture says the declaration was criticized by Catholic bishops in North America and Africa. I don't know about the uh, bishops here in New York State. For example, um, the bishops of Syracuse and Rochester. I'm not sure. Let me just check the Syracuse website to see if the bishop released a statement. Syracuse. I don't. I don't see the last statement from the Bishop of Syracuse is dated November twenty first. So maybe they're still putting together a response to what His Holiness had to say. On Monday, but I'll keep an eye on that. We'll see. It's 11 o'clock Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. NBF. This is WNBF News. Cloudy today, high near 33. Partly cloudy tonight, lower on 23. Sunny on Wednesday with a high near 41. A storm barreling through the northeastern U.S. has flooded roads and downed trees, knocked out power to hundreds of thousands, forced flight cancellations and school closures, and killed at least four people. The National Weather Service says more than five inches of rain had fallen in parts of New Jersey and Pennsylvania as of mid-Monday morning. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of power outages reported from Virginia to Maine. When gusts of nearly 70 miles per hour were recorded in southeastern New England, the Weather Service issued flood warnings for all of New York State and swaths of Pennsylvania and New England. Officials said the rain had tapered off Monday night, but flooding threats remain in some areas. The tradition of the Bandera family Christmas dinners is continuing this year in Broome and Shenango counties. Every year, thousands of people receive free meals on Christmas Day in Binghamton, Endicott, and other locations. Organizer Bill Banderas said his parents started what became a tradition in 1989. He said Bill and Carolyn Bandera wanted to do something to give back to the community. 
Speaking on WNBF Radio's Binghamton Now program on Monday, Bandera said they decided to offer a free Christmas dinner for area residents. Several dozen meals were served that year at the American Legion Post 80 on Main Street in Binghamton. The mission has continued for more than three decades. Bandera took charge of the event after his father's death in 2010. This year in Broome County, the free dinners will once again be available at the American Legion on Binghamton's west side and at the St. Ambrose School Building on Garfield Avenue in Endicott. People can arrange for meal delivery by calling 211, the helpline operated by the United Way of Broome County. New York Senator Chuck Schumer has concluded his annual tour of all 62 counties in New York State, marking the Democrats' 25th year completing the tradition. The New York Senator wrapped up his tour on Monday in Hudson, a city located in the upper Hudson Valley. This year's tour marks the third year he has completed the tour as the Democratic leader of the Senate. Schumer told the Associated Press, quote, So many of the ideas that I have gotten and turned into major pieces of legislation come from visiting the counties. Schumer said he plans to continue the tradition next year. Authorities say one person was found dead after an early morning explosion and fire at a hotel in the heart of Pennsylvania's Amish-related tourism area. State police in Lancaster County said the blast was reported shortly after 2.30 a.m. Monday at the Burden Hand Family Inn in the Lancaster County community of Burden Hand. Trooper James Grothy said first responders reported heavy fire and smoke. He said one person was found dead and a preliminary investigation indicates that this appeared to be a propane explosion. The name of the person killed wasn't immediately released. The owner told news that no guests were present since the inn was closed for the week. Former President Donald Trump has lost his latest bid to end the business fraud lawsuit he faces in New York as he campaigns to reclaim the White House. Judge Arthur Engeron issued a written ruling Monday denying the Republicans' latest request for a verdict in his favor in a lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. The trial is centered on allegations Trump and other company officials exaggerated his wealth and inflated the value of his assets to secure loans and business deals. Haven't ordered any of your holiday gifts yet? Well, you might find solace in discovering some of America's biggest retailers are working to increase their shipping speeds to please shoppers expecting faster and faster deliveries. Walmart, Target, and Amazon are all in on the shipping wars. A move retail experts say will help them maintain a competitive edge against low-cost Chinese retailers. For Walmart and Target, their investments are also aimed at narrowing the gap in delivery speed with Amazon, which has set the standard for fast shipping and remains the king of speed. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph running a real radio program. 
from the Parlor City. 607-772-1290 is our number. And welcome Tuesday, the 19th day of December. Seems pretty good so far. We have no complaints. We have no complaints. Everybody who called in the first two hours is satisfied. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Well, what if I'm not satisfied? Do I get my money back? You get a full refund. Every, oh, you do? Every penny you paid will be refunded cheerfully oh, oh what a what a station what a host the best <laughs> thank you i take hey. it that is this is this ron from the west side yes it is thank you for recognizing yes. me thank you um yes i i i'm calling with a recommendation and prior to giving my recommendation, I wanted to uh, give you, I, I call it, uh, you know, a rule to live by or a maxim. I think I did that last time I called with some maxim. Here, here's a maxim that uh, one should consider. Some people would prefer to believe what they want to believe than know what they need to know. And I think we've got a lot of that going on today. If you have a tried and true belief, whether that belief is uh, correct and, and uh, uh, stands up, you can go to the Internet and you can get a reinforcement of your belief. You can believe in a hope. You can believe in um, the moon is made of green cheese. You can go on the Internet. You'll find something to reinforce your belief. Now, a belief, that's great, believe in something, but a belief is not necessarily what you need to know. There is a world of hard facts out there. Now, with all that being said, I want to recommend a book that I am currently reading. I just got it yesterday, so I'm only into it about 25% of, of the uh, text. Uh, the book is Oath and Honor. Do you know that book, Bob, Oath and Honor? No, I don't. Okay. It's, it's just out. Uh, it's uh, a memoir and a, and a warning uh, by Liz Cheney. And, oh, okay. Now I know it. I didn't immediately yeah. identify. Yes. Yes. I haven't read it, but I must read it. And, uh, yes, I, I apologize for... As they say, being asleep at the switch, I, I've heard her discuss the book. I just forgot uh, the title of the book. But it's definitely from little clips I've heard uh, her discussing and other things I've read about the book. This is must read. Every WNBF viewer must read this book. Well, you put a caveat in there. Every WNBF reader who can read should read the book. Uh, there are people who don't read books. They just go on the Internet and get little dabs of this and that or go 
to a news station, so-called news station, and listen to. Well, yes. I mean, uh, Sarah Palin, of course, can uh, subscribe to one of those audio book services and have it read to her. Yeah. The problem is, as I understand, though, the problem is many of the words are fairly big. (laughs) Rimshot, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to Liz Cheney. Okay, continue. Well, actually now it it is, and like I've said, I've read about a quarter of it because I just got it yesterday afternoon, but um, it is a riveting reading. And it is uh, well documented. It is ba- it is based on she puts facts out there. Now you can you can read the book and you can say well those facts are wrong or whatever. But come up with read the book and tell me tell us what facts are wrong. Uh, she does a very studious uh, thorough job in outlining what took place. From uh, election day in November of 2020 to uh, insurrection day of January 6th, and uh, it it reads like a, um, a a novel, a spy novel in a way. You say, "Well, this can't be happening. We can, we can't have someone uh, more than someone, someone and others under a person's power trying to subvert." the Constitution of the United States, with fabrications, made-up stories, absolute lies. And, you know, uh, Bob, I subscribe to the idea that a half of a lie is a lie. And uh, what uh, Liz Cheney brings out is how members of our Congress uh, actually were influenced by the then-president, to subvert the Constitution of the United States in order to keep this person in power. There was no basis for it. Uh, Everything was based on a hill of lies and fabrications. And now you're seeing some of that, you know, uh, fall into place. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, the main lawyer who stood out there, and what's the other one, Sydney? I forget her last name. She, She was out there. You know, they're falling like dominoes. And they're not falling like dominoes because, you know, uh, we're we're against them as people. We're, they're falling because they try to subvert our uh, constitution. And uh, well, so well I, you I, know, it's. I mean, they did the best they can, and uh, fortunately for America, they weren't successful. I mean, you know, I mean, give them credit for trying, even if we didn't support it. They tried desperately. And they failed, and now there's a price we paid for for their, I'll, I'll euphemistically call it, bad behavior. Because they behaved poorly and made bad choices, now there is a price to pay. There are consequences to things you say and do. Yes. And, uh, again, in, in reading the book so far, and it's almost like a day-by-day uh, recount, <laughs> no pun intended, of what happened between November, uh, early November 2020, and uh, January 6, and um, you will you will see that uh, that the former guy, as you call him, was a scoundrel. Uh, will always be a scoundrel. Uh, out for himself, totally 
uh, using his power to bring others into his orbit. And what he tried to do in terms of the Department of Defense and in terms of um, uh, the states and electors in the states is uh, it's really criminal. By the way, even though she wasn't allowed to be on Fox Cable for a long time, they finally allowed her on uh, to the Fox Cable. And uh, I haven't seen the uh, give and take between Liz Cheney and Brett Baer. But based on what I've read, it really is something to behold how a person who was once part of the Fox Cable team is now being bashed even by a person who is viewed as, generally speaking, a straight shooter, a straight news person who generally has a fairly good reputation among people who are reasonable. Brett Baer is still viewed as one of the stronger points on the Fox Cable channel. Apparently his behavior when he was interviewing Liz Cheney was uh, was stunning. Well, Bob, let me say this about Brett Baer. I had that general opinion of him earlier, but I guess when you hang out in the swamp, in the mud, you're going to get some muck on you. Yeah, some is bound to story. some is bound to rub off. I I would say this about about Brett Bear, and again, I can't even remember who's left of um, the people who used to be stellar journalists. Virtually every well known and well respected journalist who've been part of Fox Cable for years, most of them have now um, abandoned that sinking Fox ship and gone on to more reputable news organizations. So I'm not sure. I mean, you know, there was uh, Shep Smith, um, a whole bunch of them. Oh, with Chris Wallace. They had a lot of people working for the Fox Cable Channel who, even though they were sort of in a in the middle of a frothy opinion brew that starred people like Bill O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, and Sean Hannity, uh, even though they were surrounded by those opinionators, at least in their news reporting, their news reporting generally seemed to be above reproach. And, you know, one thing I'll mention, and I'll leave it at that, uh, in terms of, you know, I, I can report back on when I finish the book and see what else uh, I, I draw out of it. Well, one thing you mentioned, Mark Levin, and Mark Levin is mentioned in the early pages of Liz Cheney's book. And basically, um, he was uh, close to a co-conspirator, at least complicit in the constitutional uh, lies that he was putting out as a so-called constitutional expert. Now, that's interesting because all along, going back to that shocking time in January uh, 2021, when the insurrection was uh, was staged in D.C., I did listen to some of... Uh, Levin's so-called constitutional observations as carried live on this program. And I recall myself sometimes wondering whether what he was saying actually was based in constitutional law because I had my doubts. And now you're suggesting to me that maybe my my doubts at the time were well-placed. Well yeah, they were well-placed. All I'll say is, uh, you know... Uh, I won't go on about that, but if you if you pick up Liz Cheney's book, 
And and again, you're gonna, you're going to hear people and your callers. They're going to say, "Yeah, Ron tells you to read Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, uh, she's uh, not one of us anymore. You know, she's a traitor." Well, you know, ad hominem. Call her what you want. Read the book and tell me where she's wrong, line by line, uh, in a very uh, exacting analysis. Tell me where she's wrong. Don't tell me she's a traitor. Don't tell me that she was on MSNBC. Don't, don't give me any of that. Tell me how what she says is not factual. All right. All right. I appreciate the recommendation. I always am looking forward to a good book to read over the holidays, so that might be it. It's 11.22. This is WNBF, the station that actually allows a local host on the air. Think about it. They're allowing a local host on the air right now at 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. By the way, if you want to participate, this host will entertain all callers at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Tuesday morning. From the Golf Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF, Binghamton Now, with Bob Joseph. You're beautiful, that's for sure. You'll never, ever fade. You're lovely, but it's not for sure. I won't ever change. And though my love is great. the phones we go. Bonnie in Binghamton. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Bob, I was listening to uh, Dave from Bethel, I think that's who it was, talk about the um, gift cards that were being handed out by illegal immigrants. And I kept waiting through the whole story for him to tell me where he got his facts because I wanted to understand if that was truth or in not truth. And I never heard it. So I decided that I would go out and do some fact-checking myself. And so what I found is a couple AP stories, one on December 13th and one on October 2nd of 2023, both fact-check stories by the Associated Press, one of them uh, defuting the $2,200 story, um, and then another one, um, the $5,000 story, and it was interesting to hear or see actually the story about how the 5000 got started with uh, Mark Lamb, who is the current sheriff of Arizona, uh, Arizona, running for a U.S. Senate seat, and then 
threw that out as a um, false claim on Twitter, and then it got picked up, of course, by all. It was propagated to all the right wing conspiracy folks. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He he, he's, uh, he used it, I think, as a campaign commercial. Actually, it. so we can illustrate. So apparently, he thinks he's running for Senate. Says Mark Lamb for Senate. So let's punch this up. And hopefully, do you recall? Did you see the actual tape? Did he say any bad words? I, you know, I, I did not. All I right, well, let's the AP story. All right, well, let's listen to this. I hopefully, I don't have to bleep him, but uh, let's listen. This is something that Mark Lamb posted on Twitter on December fifth, and we'll listen. Everybody will gather around the radio here to hear what uh, his claim was, so we can we can uh, have a better understanding of of what he thinks is going on. You know, we see all these people coming across, mostly military-age men coming from China, from Africa, from all over the world, uh, most of them not even being vetted when they come in here. But here's what's really going to bother you. When these folks come across and they're processed, they're being given a cell phone, a plane ticket to wherever they want to go in this country, so probably to a community near you, and a $5,000 visa card. So while this Christmas season you're struggling to keep your lights on, uh, while you're struggling to pay your rent, put Christmas presents under the tree for your kids, we have our government giving people that came into this country illegally. That's Mark Lamb. By the way, I like Lamb Speedies. Anyway, so here's the thing. I... I know that uh, AP and other news organizations who heard his statement on Twitter uh, took a closer look, and they debunked the whole thing. It's just something yeah. he made up. It is. And, they I mean, first of all, you know, if you repeat a lie enough, it becomes the truth. And so that's what's been happening from um, not fact-checking people's comments, right? Dave wasn't fact-checked. But... um I wanted to go on, too, to another story um, that I have, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have the date of it. I just happened to have the, the press um, paper itself, but uh, Hans Swinton, he was the dean of profession um, for, um, you know, uh, your profession, reporters. And I don't know if you know about him, but he, I know that once um, in 1953, he was asked by the New York Press club um uh they were having you know a, a dinner for him and he was asked to um, make a comment about uh free press and he come back and said there's no such thing at, at that time in world history in america um that there was an independent press he says you know it and i know it this is not one of you who dares to write your honest opinions and if you did you know beforehand that it would never appear in print he goes, he is paid weekly for keeping my p honest opinion out of the paper. Other things you are familiar with are, you know, his salaries and all that kind of stuff. He'd have to go looking for another job if he kept him, if he had an honest opinion in the press. So you're never going to see a free press that has, that can print its honest opinions. And I'm going to quote Abraham Lincoln. He who controls public opinion controls Washington. So we repeat lies, we don't fact check, and we listen to Fox News. What do you think is happening to this world? We're well, that's why, that's why a lot of people who support him 
think Donald Trump is a shoe-in for uh, election next year because they have a plan and they're even now they're executing their plan to get him reelected. That's the one thing that if you notice on many programs and Sean Hannity to his credit doesn't make any secret about it. It's not like he's a secret supporter of Donald Trump. He's clearly in. And, and so is Lark uh Lark Mavin. Mark Levin and I think Dan Bongino, all three of them who are going to be carried live on WNBF in the nine hours following this program, clearly they're they're perhaps some of the biggest supporters of Donald Trump in the world. And right. they, they make no secret about it. And that's why they'll have him on. Uh, who knows how many times Mr. Trump will be on those programs between now and the November election. I, I remember um, shortly before, I believe, the 2020 election, Rush Limbaugh did a live interview with Donald Trump that ran, I don't know if it ran over an hour, but he went past even commercial breaks. Nobody on the planet except for Rush Limbaugh could have gotten away with that with what essentially was a lengthy campaign commercial for Donald Trump shortly before the election. And he never offered any kind of equal time for any other candidate, but he got away with it. And that's what's you'll hear other other programs who support Donald Trump, they'll they'll do all sorts of fawning interviews with him between now and next November, and you're not going to hear the same type of opportunity given to any other candidate. That's just the way it is. That's if 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 Donald Trump does win next year, that'll be one of the the reasons because uh, radio and TV hosts who very strongly support him will give him. Untold hours of free campaign time. Yes, and I'm going to go on. I want to go on and just um, say this: everybody that you mentioned, all of the the uh, the, the shows that are coming on. Yeah, the usual that, suspects. Yes, and Donald Trump, by the way, they represent the top one percent. And who owns the media? The top one percent. That's right. There's not, as far as I know, I can't think of any media executive who is um, not wealthy. So, I mean, if you find one, if you find a media executive who's not one of, uh, among the uh, well, isn't supposed to control it. And in most cases, not all cases, but most cases, the U.S. government doesn't control the press. We have instances where local officials, like say in places like Kansas or some other states where local officials try to violate the principle of freedom of the press, but they don't usually get away with it in the long run. So, yeah, I appreciate your call. Freedom of the press. If you can afford to own the press. But how many people can afford to own the press anymore? Even the press couldn't afford to own the press. That's why they took their $50 million printing plant in Johnson City and tore it all apart and shipped all the parts that were custom crafted in Germany by a company that makes beautiful printing presses. Why, after 12 years, they took the $50 million printing plant apart and then shipped all the parts over to be recycled on Binghamton's east side because they couldn't afford to run a press anymore. That's why Gannett doesn't have 
any printing operations in New York anymore. Even they, even they, a huge, successful media company, even they can't afford a press. So can the average person, the average journalist, or the average citizen afford to start their own press and have that kind of freedom? Absolutely not. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. WNBF, baby. Bubba, baby. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Carol from JC, who has laryngitis. Morning. And people are probably saying, thank God, because she talks too much. I am calling because I'm sort of miffed at the individual that called and said about the Catholic Church. Excuse me. Welcome to the 21st century. Do you know why? Do you know why Jesus hung out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes and all those other people? Do you know? The other people didn't have to be saved. He hung out with people that he was trying to save. Do you understand? <laughs> and this business about the Pope, you know, he's not saying you can get married. Of course, I know that. I'm just repeating. So people won't think that I don't know that it doesn't refer to marriage. You can be a homosexual and still go to church as long as you're not partaking in your sexual activity. And that goes for all unmarried people as well. Okay. And we, we of course, we have confession. I, I don't want to talk, get into, you know, the bare bones of homosexuality, but uh, these people that called in and made comments, I just wonder if they're Roman Catholics. Like, I, I'm a cradle Catholic and proud of it. All right. So, well, if, I, I, I would say if if we could get His Holiness on the program, I would ask him to tell us about the statement he put out Monday so we could get a better appreciation for what Pope well, Francis to appreciate. There's nothing to appreciate. Well, I think there's a lot to appreciate. That's why if he calls in tomorrow, I would ask him to tell me a little bit about the statement he released on Monday and also to give us a preview of some additional statements that might be released in 2024. And I might add, whatever was a sin in 1 AD or 500 BC or prehistoric times, it's still a sin. There's no changes in, in the in the Roman Catholic belief and faith. All those things that were sins back then, in the time of Jesus, are a sin today. 
the Catholic Church is not condoning marriage uh, uh, between two men and two women. They're just giving you a blessing. Because I remember in Pope Francis, in his early stages of being a pope, I think he just made... I'm sorry, <clears throat> my throat, I have to, like, catch my breath for a second because it hurts to talk. Anyway, uh, he, he gave... He, he was not condoning... Again, I'm going to repeat. In his early stages of being a pope, he was not condoning homosexuality. He was just saying, you know, to give them a blessing. I mean, is that so hard to understand or grasp? Because you're saying you'd like to ask him a question. What are you going to ask him? Do you believe in, in homosexuality? He probably would say yes, as long as they don't partake in their uh, activities. Okay, well, I'll ask and him anything. Uh, when, when he's on the program, I'll ask him anything I want. I have lots of questions. I'm certainly not going to give the questions out in advance. This isn't CNN where the people get the questions in advance. If he calls in and is willing to talk for even, even if he's only available for 20 minutes, I'll ask him a few questions and he'll He'll be pleased with the questions. You'll be pleased with the questions. When the Pope was Polish, maybe I could have done something about it, but this guy ain't Polish. So, and I'm just being facetious right now, of course. But I just don't understand why people don't understand what he what he means. It's not a problem for me to understand or grasp what he what point is he's trying to put across. He's just blessing you. I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to start coughing, so I'm going to hang right. up. No, thank you. No, I hope you feel better soon. Thanks, Carol. Yeah, if, I, and I know people are saying, Bob, why would you even entertain the notion that the Pope would ever call any program, any radio program, let alone one in Binghamton? Well, you're right. He's not going to, but still... I also didn't think Donald Trump would call this program either, and he did. Admittedly, he only did it once, and I only had about five minutes' notice that he was calling in. So, I'll be ready. I know. You're saying, don't even get ready, because His Holiness will not call in. He doesn't want to do local radio. If he's going to call in to anybody, it'll be Sean Hannity... Because that's a program that's on hundreds of stations instead of just one station. But the thing is, we may be on only one station, but we're also on the Internet, WNBF.com. We're also available on the free WNBF app. So who's to say that he's not listening right now? He may be. It's Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph, live and local, with a potential audience of 8 billion people. If they have an internet connection, and if they can listen to WNBF.com.
Binghamton now, Bob Joseph on WNBF. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hi, this is Bill from Englewood, Colorado today. Hey, good morning. How are things good in Englewood? Bright and sunny. I love it. It's, I love yeah, Colorado. It's great. It's it's about 55 out here. Slight breeze. Beautiful day. So, uh, I was reading, and I, I it was a while ago, so I don't remember which bill, but on congress.gov, uh, there was a line in there where Catholic Charities is receiving $1,500 per illegal that crosses the border and they process. That's a little different than the, than the gift cards. I'm, I'm not talking about that because I saw that a little while ago, too, but I don't remember where. Uh, but on Congress.gov, on one of the bills, the multi-trillion dollar bills that they, or that they voted on, there was a line in there that said Catholic Charities so much money, and a $1,500 per immigrant processing fee. Yeah, well, maybe it's true. I don't know. The um, the lie from that uh, candidate, where is he from, Arizona? The lying candidate who lied about the $5,000 visa card. Where, where is he from, uh, Arizona? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so the question you have to ask is why would Mark Lamb, U.S. Senate candidate, lie about something this important? Oh, I don't know. Well, I think it's probably just so some news operations and social media sites will pick up the lie and then repeat it and repeat it until virtually everybody who reads it thinks it's true. Oh, like the Democrats do. Why, hey... A billion wrongs don't make a right. I'm not saying anybody has cornered the market on falsehoods. I'm saying this Arizona sheriff and Republican candidate for U.S. Senate ought to stop lying about something this sensitive because he's only doing it to rile people up. Yeah, well, I don't think Congress.gov is lying about the. I don't know. I, you know, you... You find out specifically the bill that it was. Don't send me a link. I don't click on links. But send me a bill uh, where that language appears so I can find out for myself. I'm not going to refute it, but I'm also not going to believe it without without finding evidence. Because, hey, and Catholic Charities and other organizations, of course, do receive state and federal government money to provide assistance to immigrants. Of course they do, because the government can't help them alone. Well, this was a processing fee. Yes, 
They need to be processed. They Once they come into the United States, they're not allowed to just do whatever they want. They're going to be processed. Uh, I don't know. These illegals around Colorado here seem to do whatever they want, drive the $60,000 pickup trucks and $5,000 on their food stamp card, stealing 12 packs of soda. Why do they steal only 12 packs? Why don't they steal a case? Well, because it's packs fit underneath the cart. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Hey, we're we're we're, we're plum out of time. I appreciate you checking in. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Have a great day, Bob. Thank you, Bill. And that's the story from Anglewood, Colorado, making contemporary news, the home of Coors Light, and of course, original Coors Banquet. I think we've all learned something here today, but the process continues. The journey will resume tomorrow morning from 9 to noon right here on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.